kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on the Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you. They're Until in- 11 o'clock. Rashad's ranting, but not about his own team. Well, sort of about his own team. Well, yeah, that's, I mean. The Titans are driving easily on the Patriots right now. <laughs> yeah, man, they they struggle with, like, quick quarterbacks. And, and at this point, man, Mariota has been trashed this year. Well, well last week he was okay. Mariota, and the offensive line Mariota has, been has five touchdowns and five interceptions on the season. Mariota has been trashed. Let's not let's not dress it up. No, I love him been, too. He had been bad. Man. I love and him too. And he missed some time as yeah. well. Just remember, he missed some time. I, I love him too. But you know, but, but you're ranting about the Chiefs receivers, which doesn't make any no, sense. You don't bro, care about the Cardinals. Have you have you noticed how wide open the Chiefs receivers <sighs> are at all at all times? Has anybody noticed that but me? Like, Tariq Hill makes plays in Why are you so, so angry, Jesse? Space, bro. It's the craziest <laughs> thing in the world. Like, Travis Kelsey just finds himself open. All the How? I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, what defenses are doing to just allow these dudes to be so and look shady. <sighs> Why are you still moaning? What's going on? I hate the Chiefs. I'm a Broncos <laughs> fan, one. So I, I hate seeing this sort of success. And two, all right, so I play Tyreek Hill week one. And he went off for three touchdowns, right? And, like, the very first play of the game, I think, was, like, a long Tyreek touchdown reception. So so I'm playing him again this week. We've gone through our whole schedule. It's resetting or whatever. First catch, 75-yard touchdown. Are you kidding me? Like, Tyreek Hill hates me so much it's not even funny but he does it every game there's he every game there's know. a there's a 60 yard touchdown like how do who, well how but is this dude to, so wide open well to answer your question it's not that he's wide open well he is very fast first of all but the uh the question the answer is the offensive coordinating in kansas city is is brilliant for patrick mahomes why do you think they're so good this year they have a second year quarterback who's essentially a rookie because he played one game last year and when you looked at their team before the year, you went, well, they've got some good skill players, but just how good can they be? They're always open. Always they, have, they, open. they have a creative play calling scheme. And I'm not sure if you've noticed this. I'm sure you both have in, in general. But if you thought about it in this way, we kind of we paid attention with it at least first with the Rams. But the 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 Chiefs do it a ton as well. And a lot of teams are starting to try to do it. And it's even trickling down to the college level as well. Wide open. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's the one I that's was, the one he was just about talking right about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is they're using motion in the offense in such an effective way that it's letting guys find open spaces in the defense. I don't know if you've noticed, but almost every single play for some of these teams, it's motion and it leads to to big wide open guys. Right? Yeah. And it's and it's you paying attention. Out. You staring at Eric Ebron? No, I'm uh, I got Andrew Luck. So oh, okay. thank I'll you just very go much ahead and say that no tight end has like. Wow, Tarek Cohen just took a goal line touchdown from Jordan Howard. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> no tight end has more than like 30 yards receiving 
uh, against Jacksonville. Ebron just got it in one reception. <laughs> that's well, crazy. That's why it's tough to, to gauge fantasy, right? Um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> oh, threw a pick. Oh, man. Things are, things so are popping Fitz, off early. Is Fitz magic over? No. No, because he's a starter is, again. This is classic no. Fitz magic right here. No, th- this is what it is. Like, Fitz magic is, it's not that he's a bad quarterback. It's just from week to week, he's either accurate or he's wildly inaccurate. Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a gunslinger. The difference between him and Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston just makes horrible decisions. Like, I don't think Fitz magic makes horrible decisions. I just think some weeks he's throwing th- 10 think, yards over the receiver. I think heads. Jameis thinks he's still in college in the sense that I can just throw it to a guy. I can throw it to somebody like a Kelvin Benjamin, and he's going to be right there and wide open, and he's so much bigger. I, I think he hasn't taken into you know, consideration that these corners are really fast. James makes these... throws that would get high schoolers benched. It's, it's, it just it, it blows my mind that he's, he's, what, fourth year in the league now, and he's still making throws like that. It, he, he's trash. Well, James well, and, isn't and we, a smart guy either. You know we, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. He's not somebody that – he doesn't strike me as somebody – you look at his body and everything like that, you know, he hasn't changed since he's been in the league. Like, I mean, you look at most quarterbacks and or most players, if they come in the league, their body starts to develop. They've they've shed some weight and maybe they put some weight on. Jameis looks like the same dude that he was when he was at Florida State. Well, we did have this conversation. I forget if it was on – it might have even been on this show. But it, it's, it's time now for both Winston and Mariota to put up or shut up. That Winston is, I mean, he got benched this year, right? Yeah. And Mariota, frankly, if they had a better backup quarterback there, might have been benched at some points this year or last year because he's been really bad. And it's time for them to, they have to prove it now because the Titans have to decide whether to give Mariota a long-term extension or not. We now know the Bucks are not giving Winston a long-term extension, but somebody will try to sign him. I guarantee that. If they want to have success, the the surefire one and two picks in that draft Neither of them have lived up to the hype. They haven't. No, they haven't. And Mariota. And, and I, I love Mariota, but I'd, he hasn't. And I, I, you know, I, I would have to think twice about offering Mariota a, a big deal just because he's somebody that's been hurt and he gets dinged up every single year. Like there's always something new. His rookie year, he missed the rest of the season and toward, it was, mind you, it was towards the end. But he had a knee injury, and then he came back the next year, and I think he had another uh, injury, and then he had the arm last year. So he's somebody that gets continuously banged up so if i'm a gm i'm looking at that saying do i really want to invest 115 million because that's essentially what his uh, his uh agent's going to ask for somewhere around the hundred and you can ask for that 120 mariota is some some franchise is going to give it to him if it's not the titans somebody's going to give it to him the titans should give it to him i think but i would understand them having reservations about it as well based on how he started his career all right let's break we're going to get this show back on time Coming up next, it's the West Coast bias. After last week's game, do you still think the Rams are the best team in the NFL? This is Football Sunday on the Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I had the air in my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad, brought to you by Pape Machinery on the home of the National Football League, ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. That open means it's time for West Coast Bias. I was about to say, did Drew Brees change his number? Well, that's Taysom Hill. (laughs) 
Yeah, Taysom Hill getting in the game and making things happen. Did, did Breeze get hurt or something? What, what's happening? Uh, no. Have you not watched the Saints this year? They use Taysom Hill in all sorts of packages. You know what? I've seen like three Saints games all year, one of which was <laughs> – no, seriously, one of which was the uh, the Rams game from last week, which was phenomenal. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't honestly, I don't watch a lot of Saints until right around. Uh, they, he has 13. played a lot. He They've got a couple of special packages for him. And he has been like secret special teams play guy. He mm-hmm. has been red zone guy. Um, it's been very interesting how they've used him. He's caught passes in the red zone. He's kind of, I mean, he used to be a quarterback, if you remember, yes, sir. at BYU. And they've kind of just turned him into the jack of all trades. He can pass, he can run, he can catch. He's all over the place. He's he's been pretty effective for them this year too. It's Quarter, pretty crazy. Quarterbacks that transition to other positions, they typically do really well in the NFL. Man, you look at a Julian Edelman who's been able to really prolong his career as one of the really one of the great slot receivers, you know, in football. Oh, sorry. I was talking to Jesse. I thought you were going to go for a little longer. Oh, no, that was it. Uh in the West Coast bias, I did want to I did want to um ask this question. So we saw the Rams Saints game last week. And it was the game of the week, in my opinion. We were all super hyped for it. And it was a great game, mind you. But the the Saints won. The Saints won the game. And for a lot of that game looked like the better team. Now they were at home. But I think in general, we had kind of automatically made the Rams the best team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. They hadn't lost a game yet. They had an elite offensive team. A defensive team that was on paper really, really good although I just struggled a little bit in the last few weeks. And I was just like, yeah, okay, Rams are the best team. No questions asked. Nothing's going to change. Rams are the best team. After watching that game last week and realizing that if the Saints didn't have that week one loss to the Bucks in that crazy like 45-42 game, they would also be undefeated. Are the Rams still the best team in the NFL? Or do you think the Saints have taken that mantle from them after uh, their game last week? Hmm. I think the Rams are an exciting team. I think the Rams are, uh, they're electric. You know, they're Hollywood. That's that's kind of the whole point of the NFL moving to L.A. You wanted this type of cachet out there with that quarterback who is seemingly off the grid, you know, for living in L.A. You don't hear much about Jared Goff. You know, then you've you got the, the big names and Dominican Sue and Aaron Darnold. And, you know, there, there's – they're. Uh, they're Hollywood, and I think it's easy when teams are Hollywood to say, man, they're the best. The NBA is waiting for the Knicks to pop. They've been waiting for the Lakers to get this team so or to, to get that guy so they can be back on the forefront of things. That's exactly what's happening right now with L.A., so they're overblowing things a little bit. I think the Saints are a better team than them. I, I really do. I think the Saints uh, have everything you kind of want there. Their defense wasn't great to start the year. We know they were great to end last year. They weren't great to start, but they've kind of started to pick it up a little bit on, on, on the defensive side of the ball. You just mentioned all the different looks that they're able to give on offense. You know, Drew Brees can step out of the game and have a have some water real fast, and, and you know, the offense can still move, and something electric might be able to happen. I still I think the Saints are the best team, or the, excuse me, the second best team in football. I think the best team in football is right there. It's those Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. Like, I think, I mean, honestly, I, 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 there's – no one can stop their offense. Like the Patriots, the one loss they had was to the Patriots, and they almost beat them. Like that game was closer, well, for me than it should have been as a Pats fan. But 
They had them on the ropes. I can't remember the score. The score was like 43-45 or something like that, 42-40-45, something something stupid, you know, at that point. But we mentioned it just, you know, in the segment before this, man, these dudes are always open, like all consistently open. I don't think any team has enough DBs to stop them. Enough DBs are really capable linebackers to put in front of any one of these dudes and stop them. If Kareem Hunt lines up in the slot position or lines up his receiver, there's you're, you're beat everywhere. And they don't – Mahomes doesn't get sacked a lot. Mahomes knows how to escape the pocket a little bit. We've seen him make some of the most electric plays, you know, with his legs, going one way, throwing the opposite way, throwing with his left hand just to make sure that he can uh, get it to the right receiver. Like, he's doing stuff that I can't do on Madden right now. And so, for that reason, I think the Chiefs are are the best team in football. What's well, well, an offense that can stop them or that, that can even be anywhere as close – to them, that's not the Rams. What a catch from Michael Thomas if they count that, by the way. Um, the the interesting thing about that to me is so all three of those teams are elite offensive teams, right? And we've talked about this for a little bit, and it's kind of been mentioned. And, you know, it's it, obviously they're making rules that make it harder to play defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that for years. But for the first time this year, I feel like we're pointing to no great defense as one of the best teams. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Vikings have a very good defense, but they're not one of the best teams. They're good, but they're not one of the top. The Ravens have a very good defense, but they're even talking about firing John Harbaugh at the end of the year or parting ways with him at the end of the year, which I think is stupid, but they're talking about that. The three best teams in the NFL have crazy unique offenses. They run three wide receiver sets a lot. They use the tight end a lot. Uh, they use a second quarterback in their in their formation. They have two or three different running backs each that are effective. They've got a ton of interesting play calls. They've got offensive innovators as coaches. And what you're seeing is all three of those teams have one loss: the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Rams. And that honestly, that's a good thing for football. I look, I love defense. I really do, but. To me, it's a good thing that offensive teams can be this creative and interesting and, and make the game exciting to watch. So I'll go one more. Um, there's one other team, and I'm pretty sure if you knew me, then you knew it was going to come. <laughs> New England at 6-2 uh, and two or 7-2 and two is right there as well. You know, they're a team that was clearly not playing its best football at the beginning of the season, but all of a sudden they figured it out. They got in one of the most electric receivers in football and Josh Gordon. We haven't heard a peep about Josh Gordon being a bad teammate, being on the weed or anything like that. He's just come in there and it's been business as usual, you know, for the Pats. So that's a team that now when it's all said and done, the Patriots are the team I do think is going back to the Super Bowl. I mean, when it's, I mean, for whatever because reason, you're a Patriots fan well, I mean, and that, and we've seen Andy Reed go up against Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick in the playoffs. And we've seen that uh, this chiefs team, bashed the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and then they got demolished in the playoffs. Is that Njoku? No. Oh, it's not. Is that? It's not Landry either. No. Rats. Is that Higgins or is that uh, Ratley? It's either Higgins or Ratley, I'll bet. Man, it's not Landry, which is bad news for me. So, whatever. Come on, show us the back of the jersey. We want to see who that was. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it was uh, Higgins. Ah, okay. My first guess. The, uh, the first... The, the, I realize I didn't answer my own question in that last talking point, by the way. I still think the Rams are the best team of football. So last week's loss did not 
change my mind about them being the best team in football. Their defense has not played as well as they could have. I don't know if you saw the kind of viral Marcus Peters post-game interview where he had zero filter, literally. He cursed like 17 times in it. Um, basically just saying, I played like S, and I know I did, and I need to change that. So he was accountable for him, his own poor play at the cornerback position. But you have a defense that includes guys like Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald and Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib when he's healthy and they just tra- uh, traded for Dante Fowler Jr. and you've mm-hmm. got good linebackers and I'm sure I'm missing some. Tlaib will be back soon. So you you have the best offense or one of the best offenses in football and a defense that when playing at all cylinders will likely be the best defense in all of football or one of the top few. That to me is why the Rams are still the best team in my opinion. I also think Sean McVay is an absolute genius when it comes to calling offense and if they start to get figured out a little bit, and if if teams start to understand some of their tendencies, guarantee you he'll make adjustments. Absolutely. And that'll shift. And you've got – and the reason I say that is because you've got players on your offense who before he got there were nothing special, except for maybe Brandon Cooks, although Cooks couldn't stick with the team. Cooks couldn't stick with the, uh, with the Saints or the Patriots. And – those are teams that he should have stuck with, but he couldn't. Now he's sticking. Cooper Cup, who I was always high on as a great receiver, has become amazing in this offense. Robert Woods was about to flame out of the league. He was he was like one year away from not being a solid wide receiver. And he now is a solid num- – I mean, they're, they're all kind of number ones there, but number one, number two kind of guy. Jared Goff sucked under Jeff Fisher for the number one pick in the draft. He had nothing. And now he is pepper in the field with great completions. So even if they start to figure out, oh, and of course, let's not forget Todd Gurley. He was good <laughs> before uh, Sean McVay got there. But he will figure out something if teams start to learn the tendencies of the Rams. I guarantee you he will. And because of that, I still think the Rams are the best team in the NFL because I think McVay is that good of a coach. I think McVay is a great coach. I think Sean Payton is one of the great coaches in the NFL. So I think McVay has had some success, especially in his first couple few years uh, with Los Angeles. But Sean Payton has been doing this for uh, quite a while. And Sean Payton and, the, and Drew Brees always seem to be in this position. There was a, a, a few down years for New Orleans following the Super Bowl. But, I mean, you talk about a, a resilient team that can go up and down and up and down and really find different personalities and, and different cultures of football. Like, I, I think the – I don't know if there's a better team than the New Orleans Saints right now. I think they're the best. And but and you then, also but, said but, the Chiefs, but, right? But the but the Chiefs. I mean, as far as the NFC teams, so let me the NFC teams. I think the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. AFC right now, the Chiefs. There's there's nobody better than them. I don't know if they're going to beat the Patriots just because I think it's going to come down to coaching at that point, and I, I'm going to give the nod to Belichick as far as that's concerned. But right now, the, there's there's nobody more. Um, Shoot, that's that's a better looking team, at least on the screen, than the Kansas City Chiefs. John Ross just caught a touchdown pass for the Bengals. Good to see him healthy out there helping the Bengals offense. And the Titans, who are up seven to three, are driving once again near the uh, red zone at the thirty yard line, and now they're in the red zone at the twenty yard line. Oh, Derrick Henry making a play there, rushing for nine yards. Look at that! 
Hey, Finally everybody's making plays on that Tennessee Titans offense against this New England defense. Oh, what this, the heck? This Rashad? New England defense is not good. Hey, when the game started, Rashad went, we're going to lose this game. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, no, we can't. For whatever reason, we, the Patriots, we have a tough time uh, stopping the run. And then we have a tough time with quarterbacks that are able to be mobile. We over pursue a lot of the time. And then we get beat by Cam up the middle. And you get beat by Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson runs crazy on the Patriots whenever he plays them. Uh, now, uh, as far as this whole conversation you guys have been having, I'm, I'm just going to throw in my two cents really fast. And that is I still think the Rams are still the team to beat. You know, they've been without Aqib Tlaib. He should be back around week 13, week 14 um, to shore up this secondary, put Marcus Peters back on the number two. You have Tlaib on one, Peters on the two. You get Sam Shields there in the slot. It's a really nice secondary that has yet to gel, but – have faith in Wade Phillips, and then you just know uh, teams just kind of turn it up a notch when they get in the postseason. So I'd expect more from this uh, this secondary, from this defense in the in the postseason. Uh, and there's still, as far as the teams that we're talking about, the the Chiefs and the Saints and New England, and you know, we'll throw in the Steelers in there. Uh, the team that I think has the most potential on defense is still the Rams and you're talking about a team that also has equal um, talent across the board on, on the offense as well. So I, I still think the Rams are the team to beat in the NFL in general. Mm-hmm. Also a very long touchdown pass for Dante Moncrief right there for the Jaguars broke a couple tackles, broke it all the way to the, uh, to the end zone. All right, coming up next, it is time for hate it or love it. Jesse will ask us questions and uh, award us points for it. And the winner gets to host the final segment of the show. That's next here on football Sunday on the fan. Here is Jesse with sports center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh boy, do I hate fantasy football this year. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's it's it hasn't been awesome. I'll be real. Like, I mean, uh, I've some good things have happened, but then some pretty crappy things have, have gone on as well. Mm. And I chose not to play Trubisky this week, and he just threw a little touchdown pass. Allen Robinson catching that one. I have the most points in my league, and I'm four and five. It'd be like that sometimes. It, 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 the Los Angeles Chargers. It uh, does. It does. It, it is like that sometimes. It just makes me a little sad. All right. Let's get amped up again for Hater to Love It. Don't worry. Jesse's going to reward us points. I won last week, so Rashad gets to go first. And, yeah, let's go. All right. All right. Here we go. What you uh, got? Uh, a few few things today. Uh, the Oregon Ducks. Ugh. Ugh. We'll keep it uh, football related here. The Oregon Ducks, uh, not necessarily the second half of the season we were hoping for after what was a great Stanford game, a great Washington game, and has since uh, fallen on their face to a uh, couple teams in Arizona. You didn't expect a loss there. I think people expected a win after Utah lost their quarterback last week. And, and they're running. Yeah. <laughs> and then Oregon let uh, 
They're running back who had 168 yards on the season rush for more than 170. So not necessarily the second half of the season we were hoping for for the Ducks, but one of the biggest complaints being that offense, the predictability of that offense, love or hate the Oregon Ducks need to find a way to move on from the offensive coordinator position, find an improvement there in the offseason. Hey, um, I don't want to. I don't want to start giving up on a guy after his first year. Uh, we've seen some amazing things happen with coordinators and head coaches after one year. It should be noted, though, man. Oregon's first couple games: fifty-eight points, sixty-two points, thirty-five points. But those were all against uh, the Derek Zoolander Center for kids who can't read good, for the most part. So they didn't. Have, they hadn't played anybody at that point, but we're putting up. Huge numbers. You saw the game against Stanford, which should, which many people say the Ducks should have won. There was really no uh, cause for concern about the offense there. There was no cause for concern about offense really up until you got to Washington State. So really, this over the past few weeks, that's when we started really questioning, questioning the Royal and Is really what center he's able for to do. Ants. <laughs> How are they going to get in? How are they going to learn to read if they can't even get in? <laughs> so that's the type. Those are the type of schools that they were playing, man. Pretty much JV as far as football goes. So. The who's I don't even know who SJSU is. I don't even know exactly who that San is. San Jose State University. There you go. And they beat up on them all the way. So up until the past four weeks, we've been lauding the Ducks as one of the better teams. You know, this is what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing the Ducks win. So outside of the 72 points that we're used to seeing them put up a game, man, Arroyo up until the last four weeks of the season has been kind of okay. The Stanford game was a game that you kind of looked at and said, huh, well, you know, not as good, but I mean, you almost won that game. And if not for a silly fumble, and if not for, man, a couple of silly bad plays and, a, and, and another uh, and a missed snap and everything like that, man, the Ducks may win that game. So, yes, there's cause for concern, but I think you need to give Arroyo an opportunity to redeem himself. Uh, if they can go on and win these next three games, that would make that would put the Ducks at nine uh, and four on the season. That's a very good record, as we talked about. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about the Ducks and Arroyo in a much different light. And you said hate or love, they're going to let him go after this season? Should. Should let him go after this season? Yes. Um, I'm going to hate it too just because of what I said earlier in the in the show you have to give some coaches a couple of years time although I do have a much shorter leash for coordinators than I do for head coaches because to me they're kind of like a dime a dozen you can get a guy who can call good plays and if he has a slightly different mindset then it can help a lot so maybe Arroyo gets one more chance after this year to figure out the offense and have a better offense next year because remember he is a great recruiter and I know that Oregon is trying to build a coaching staff that is great at recruiting and also good, obviously, at calling plays. But that only will take you so far if you continue to have issues offensively. So that'll give him one more year. But I certainly think Mario Cristobal needs to decide now, like this second, how much of a leash he's willing to give Marcus Arroyo because you can't just leave it up in the air and say, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. He needs to know internally that Marcus Arroyo has another season and that's it to figure out the offense because they're recruiting too well. And there's too much buzz around the program right now for them to not take full advantage of it because of bad play calling on the offensive side of the ball. So give him one more year. Give him a chance to acclimate to this team and to this offense and, and to his play calling style, whatever that may be. But after that year, if it's still iffy on offense, he gone or at least change his role, make him a, a recruiting guy mostly, and maybe he's a, a receiver coach or a position coach and get someone in there who has a really good offensive line. All right, moving on. I think we all uh, were impressed by the Steelers' performance on Thursday night. Maybe uh, more unimpressed with the performance by the Carolina Panthers. Um, however, people 
are quick to react to what they've seen most recent. And what we saw most recently was the Steelers lay 52 on a six and three Carolina Panthers team. Uh, love or hate, the Steelers are actually the team to beat in the AFC. <laughs> hate. Well, like, we, we just, knew that was yeah. going to happen for you. No, but yeah, I, I don't we, know. So, no. So, we we just talked about, man, two other teams from the AFC, one of which is losing 14-3, and the other one is up 10-7 in the, uh, the Patriots and uh, the Chiefs. Unfortunately, man, I, I think it, when you start talking, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers are clearly the third best team in the AFC. They're, and that's typically the way it goes. It's Patriots, uh, Chiefs or Broncos, whichever one of those teams from the AFC West, and then typically the Steelers. The Steelers have a lot going for them in the sense that they're the, one of the few teams that can lose their best offensive player quite uh, quite possibly and still be able to keep trugging along. Last week, Ben Roethlisberger, or excuse me, Thursday, Ben Roethlisberger had five touchdowns. Count them, one, two, three, four, five, and they completely uh, route the team they were playing against. Man, you're looking at a, at a Pittsburgh team, I think, that feels like they have a lot to prove. They want to say that, man, they can win without Levy and Bell. James Conner has come out and give them a completely different look from anything that they've actually uh, been able to do. Le'Veon is more of a patient runner waiting behind certain offensive linemen to make things happen. James Conner, is, his first step is, is big, and he's trying to make sure he explodes through the line. I mean, they're just so different as far as what they can do. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, evolving as one of the better receivers and one of the top receivers in the league as, as Antonio Brown begins to, to face more and more double teams and stuff. Pittsburgh is definitely a team you have to deal with, but unfortunately, I think there's just too many other teams, two particular teams in the AFC, uh, to be worried about to call them the best team in the AFC. I hate it as well. Uh, I was very low on the Steelers coming into the season, and they kind of started off awkwardly. And this Thursday's game was a wake-up call of, hey, we're still around, we're still a good team. But I also want to say this. One game should not change the entire mindset of a Oops, sorry. of That's a it. viewer. I'm already done in a minute. <laughs> um, of a viewer that rapidly. Even Mike Tomlin said it in the post-game quote after that game. He goes, this game is not an indication of how good we are. Sometimes things just roll your way, and this was one of those games. I 100% agree with that. Sometimes it's just not your day. The Panthers' defense was just shredded from the start, and the Steelers, didn't they score three touchdowns on, like, four plays in the, to start that game? It was yeah. just one of those because they got the pick six and the deep touchdown to Juju, and it was just kind of all bets were off at that point in the game. So, no, they're not going to be the team to beat in the AFC. It's the Chiefs for me, followed by the Patriots, of course, and then I guess I would say the, the Steelers, although I want to give the Chargers some respect, too, because the Chargers look – dynamite this year it finally feels like philip rivers has a team that, could, that has stayed healthy enough to be able to push them to that spot they could even be higher in my mind than the steelers are uh but they are certainly to a point now where i'm a little nervous about them in the playoffs but they're not the best team all right well that's a good segue nice job segueing into the next uh topic there uh chargers uh we always i i like to call it the uh they always charge it uh, there in San Diego, find a way to be really good, but not find their way into the playoffs this year might be a little bit different. They started off hot. They are currently, what, six and two on the season and look to be a lock for at the very least the wild card if they can't find a way to get a couple wins over Kansas City. Love or hate, Chargers will coast into the postseason. Ooh. Uh, ooh, coast, huh? Coast. Uh, hate. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, while I think they will make the postseason to coast into the postseason, that's a that's a big ask. Now, the coming up, they have 
games against the Raiders, which they should win. They have a game against the Cardinals, which they should win. But, you know, there are some teams in there that know them, man. They, they're obviously the Broncos being in their division, and that defense might be a problem. Uh, the 5-3 and three Bengals are a sneaky good team that, you know, just continue to kind of make things happen here and there. They got to go against what I consider the best team in football and the Chiefs. That Ravens defense is still good, even though they can't figure out things on offense all the way. And then they got to play the Broncos again. While I do think they'll make it, I think there's a good chance that they go 7 Four and three over the next seven games just because some of the teams they play, especially teams within your division, they play you so much, they know your tendencies and things like that. Uh, one thing I will say is the Chargers have done a great job of not charging and not doing that this year. They've made sure they've been able to finish games. That was the issue with last year and the year before that and really the year before that is they just found ways to lose the game in the end and all of a sudden they're finishing games strong. But uh, will they coast to the playoffs? No. Will they make the playoffs? I think so because I think there's four wins within the next seven games that are incredibly winnable for them. Uh, I'm going to say love, and there's two reasons for it. The first reason is there's nobody else in the AFC outside the division leaders that wants to jump up and become a good team. I can guarantee you that. The Dolphins are not good. I have been firm on this. No, they are 5-4, and four, but they are not a good football team. Uh, there's nobody else in that division behind the Patriots that's good enough. Bills, by the way, beating the Jets, which is very interesting. Uh, behind the Steelers, you've got the Bengals, who I do not trust at all. The Ravens, who are fumbling around, and the Browns, who are not very good. AFC South behind the Texans, who have won six in a row. Titans, not that good. Jags, not that good. Colts, not that good. It's the Chargers. The Chargers are the only team that's in a wild card spot right now that is in a good position at six and two. And yes, they've got some tough games in their schedule, but if they take care of business the next three weeks, they're going to be nine and two. They play the Raiders, Broncos, and Cardinals. Win, win, win. That's a nine and two football team going into games against, yes, you're right, tough games against the Steelers and the Bengals and the Chiefs. But if you're nine and two, you're making the playoffs. Yeah, so absolutely. It's easy peasy for even if they lose one of these games, eight and three, they're going to make the playoffs. It's when I hear coasting, I kind of think of what. Uh, what Philly did last year and just coasted into the playoffs or what the Patriots do most years or, you know, so that's kind of what I was thinking. I think it's going to be, they're going to not struggle these last couple of games, but they're not, it's not going to be as easy as people think. I guess I would consider coasting is you're the chargers. You're going, you know what? Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, we're going to give you half a week, 16 off. We're going to give you week 17 off and you're, you're just going to be nice and well rested going to the playoffs. That's what a team that just is locked in. They have nothing to lose or that's a terrifying gain, idea. Right. Isn't it? Cause I want, Melvin Gordon to play fancy. Uh, well, that's part of the reason I have that, had that question out there because it has been terrifying me as well. Like I've been trying to contemplate trades here and there, and I'm trying to anticipate: uh, is this person even going to be available for me? Right. They were saying the Rams might sit their guys for like three weeks at the end of yeah. the year, and I was like, no, yeah, stop it. No, I I, I told I <laughs> told my mom I was like, hey, a uh, our 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 uh, Todd Gurley owner doesn't have his backup on his roster. Maybe you should go do that. So she she went and picked him up. There you go. Yeah, try to give her a little little bone there, and at the same time weaken the the team that has both <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Todd Gurley on his roster. So well, that's outrageous. Yeah, no, it's insane. All right, uh, so who won? Oh yeah, I guess I guess we'll do the winner uh, noise. Uh, the winner today by one point, Mike Lynch. Ooh, this is getting really lopsided, man. Is this two or three weeks in a row? Now? I think it's like two. two. Oh, really lopsided. You won four weeks in a row once over there. That's that the longest the streak we ever that had. That was the past. Longest streak we ever had. All right, coming up next, we'll figure it out. This is Football Sunday on The Fan.
Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I love this music. It makes me feel good inside. Sorry, Rashad. No, it's all good. I don't like the music, but it's, you know, it's a it's a pretty snappy song, I suppose. I really hate fantasy football this year. It's, really it's it's been weird, man. I'll be real. It's been it's been frustrating. It's it's a cause of anxiety, at least for mine. So, yeah. And every I, year I tell myself I'm not going to play. And then every year I get so excited for my draft. I look, I love fantasy football to death. It's one of my it's one of my favorite things. I really do like it, but when it, when you have and everyone who's played has had one of those seasons if you've played a couple of years where you just you've got a great team. And yet every week there's something that goes wrong. Not every week, but it's it's an unlucky year, you know? And that's just been this year. Even people in my league who I was talking trades with, they're like, man, your team's really good to be four and five. I was like, I know. Thank you for looking at it and agreeing with me. Um, by the way, if Julio Jones catches a touchdown here, I love fantasy and everything changes. Oh, they're looking at Julio. And no, oh, never mind. That's Austin Hooper. Oh, I would have been really happy because that Austin wasn't Hooper, Hooper though. That was, oh. that was. Is that David? No, there's no way. Um, it is one of those frustrating years. And by the way, I want to bring this up. This is my, wow, <laughs> Patriots. Suck. Why, though? Um, the Falcons are a way too good of a team to be as bad as they are this year. And I understand that they've had a lot of defensive injuries, like four of their starters who are all pro guys are out for the year kind of thing. But I don't understand how their offense is so inconsistent and bad. I don't get it. Which Julio Jones caught a touchdown, and now everything's different. <laughs> That's two on the year. What? He almost he almost went a thousand yards without having a touchdown, and now he has back to back weeks. Uh, what? Also, the guy I'm playing is Tevin Coleman, so that makes me even double happy. Tevin Coleman doesn't get the touchdown. Okay, um, but I don't understand their offense. I don't understand why it's been so hard for them to figure out how to be good in the red zone. They've got so they've got Julio Jones, who they, for years, by the way, they have not been able to to get into the end zone. But, you know, you got Calvin Ridley, who's been really, really good. You've got a couple of really good running backs. Muhammad Sanu's always been a surefire guy. Austin Hooper has been inconsistent, but can certainly be a good running back or tight end. I just don't get it. I don't know, man. The, it's it's so weird. We see this every year from the NFC, too, like uh, teams that will be great one year, and then the next year they just kind of lose their – Lose their mojo? Is it all Steve bit? Sarkeesian? Is he just that bad at calling plays? I don't want to put it all on. Because I mean, we haven't seen Sark be particularly good at much, to be fair. Uh, I mean, true. I, I, I think it's Some just of it this was the defense drinking. is awful. It, they, they've had just so many injuries in this secondary. And with the way the defense is, or the rules have gone in the NFL, it's just hamstring secondaries and so if you don't have your elite players out there it's just it's it's a heyday for opposing quarterbacks and that's just been the case for Atlanta so I don't know Sark's been better this year than he was last year he was bad last year but this this offense is moving this year and it has progressively gotten better from week to week so it just feels like he doesn't always have the right game plan because I've actually watched a lot of Falcons football this year and I've been just completely befuddled by how bad they've been or inconsistent they've been because now they're back to 500. Remember, they were like a one-win team to start mm-hmm. the year uh, for a while, but they're back to 500 now. 
And the, the, Matt Ryan's too good of a quarterback, and it some of it has to come back to coaching. It has to. Yeah, that, that's why I, I I'm curious about I th- I think why uh, Stark's been so bad on offense. I mean, I don't know. It's been tough to tell. Like I think I think Matt Ryan and company. That's just a that's just a a, a tough cookie to crack though. Like we don't. We don't know all the way what Matt Ryan is. He's been an MVP. That's Ebron's third touchdown. Third touchdown. God, he's on my bench. How is he on my bench with three touchdowns? I cannot not start this guy. Go, like he I've has got to Andrew be Luck, so. Oh, my Lord. That is good news for me. That's awesome. So I, I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, Some of these teams are really hard to figure out exactly what you're looking at. Like, I still can't figure out Philadelphia and what their issue is. Like, it's. It, it kind of just feels a little bit like a Super Bowl hangover, but I think adding Golden Tate is going to help them because Aguilar has not been able to do what they thought he would do. And now it gives you, and obviously having Ajayi out is, is bad, but um, having a receiver core of Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, and Golden Tate has got to help Carson Wentz have more more options out there. You, more would, weapons think, out there. you would think, and we'll, I guess we'll find out a little bit later on, you know, kind of how that works out and how it's worked out for them. But I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm confused on a lot of these teams. Like, I watched them play in one week, the Lions. One week, you're great. And then another week, you're just, oh, you're so bad on offense. We knew defensively they would struggle. But offensively, you're not supposed to be this bad. You know, you look at the, the Packers, and you have the most talented quarterback that we've ever seen play football. Hell, even like, the Bears, too. Like Trubisky we, is great one week and awful and the, the next. week, he's, he's up and down. It's like – and that's why we it's so easy to focus on the Rams, the Saints, the Patriots, the uh, the Chargers, you know, or excuse me, yeah, the Chargers and the Chiefs like everyone else is just meh. You know, even the Seahawks this year are who to much to our chagrin, they're having a, a pretty good season for everything that they lost and for all the weapons that they don't have on offense, man, the Seahawks are just trugging along and they're what do you know, they're second place in the NFC West. So, but still, we just don't know. Calling these, calling this game, they're trying to spread the line for some of the, for you know, for some of these guys. It's 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 tough, man, because you don't know exactly what you're going to get from any of these teams on any given week. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Next week we'll be back nine to eleven. The only the only show we might not have as of now is I believe the weekend after Thanksgiving, which I would have been out anyway for that week. So we'll we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, if the Seahawks get flexed to any morning games, we will lose the show. But, again, we'll keep you up to date if any of that happens. For now, there's only one more show that we will not have at 9 to 11, and it's in, I believe, two weeks from today. So uh, we'll let you know for sure. Coming up next, it is pregame for Seahawks and Rams this week. Should be an interesting game. And uh, Rams want to have a bounce back after their Saints loss. Seahawks and Rams always play close games as well, so it should be very interesting right here on The Fan. And uh, we'll be back next week. Remember, on Twitter, at Mike Lynch 27 I'm at – or uh, – Rashad's at TaylorMade503 and Jesse's at Jesse Osmond ASZMAN. Station is at 1080 The Fan. And if you missed any of the show, you can listen to it on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080TheFan.com and Radio.com, etc. All right. That's going to do it for us. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Arr. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.